We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, Jordan Peterson goes on Joe Rogan's show and talks about why the Bible is more true than just true. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. By the way, we have now produced over 400 episodes of The Rebellion. Today's show is actually number 403. We've been at this for well over a year now. And again, we have produced and posted over 400 issues of The Rebellion, 400 shows. We've done this on KOKL Radio over 400 times. We've posted it out there on Spotify and Apple iTunes over 400 times. We have subscribers, and I'm very grateful for those of you who do subscribe and support us with you know, a small amount financially. It makes it somewhat worth it for us to keep doing this. Uh, it, it's no small issue. We exceeded 50,000 listens this past month. In fact, it appears that we're approaching around 51,000. Now, we do have a month or two throughout the course of the year that would be less than that. For example, during the holiday season, I took a week off and we just played reruns, and therefore the listenership was down a bit during the holidays. I think it was down around 45, 46,000, excuse me. But do the math. At 50, 51,000 listens per month, and it's still climbing. I'd like to be able to celebrate that that has hit 60,000 per month in the near future. But if you do the math at 50 times 12 months per year, you quickly see that we have over half a million listeners, listens per year, over half a million listens per year. I'm very grateful to all of you who have helped us do that. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting us. And one thing you can do that would really help move the needle on the number of listens per month is post your favorite episodes of The Rebellion out there in social media. Give us a five-star rating when you go to your favorite platform, whether it be Apple or whether it be Spotify or whether it be SoundCloud. Give us a five-star rating. That helps with the algorithms. Other people, therefore, will see The Rebellion. But the best way for you to get the word out is to copy the link to The Rebellion that you enjoy, whether it be this one or a previous one, and share it in your social media world. Get other people to listen. Tell them to follow. That customer review is the best way to sell a product. So please consider doing that. Let's take a break right now. And um, when I get back, 
I want to talk about this story of Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. Jordan Peterson goes on Joe Rogan's show, and the topic is the Bible. And it's not discussed in a belittling or a mocking way. It's not dismissive. Jordan Peterson, excuse me, Jordan Peterson is elevating the Bible as being more true than just true. That's his language. That's his quote. That the Bible is true, but that it's way more true than just true. I want to discuss truth, the Bible, Jordan Peterson, and Joe Rogan when we get back after this break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. So welcome back to The Rebellion. Again, I'm very grateful for those of you who actually care enough to listen. You know, I'm sure I've done some shows that are better than others, which means I've done some shows that are worse than others. By definition, that would have to be the case, right? So I hope that every show brings something to the table that is that is of value to you. These are quick hits. And a lot of podcasts can be a couple hours long. For example, Joe Rogan's show is quite long. Uh, talk show hosts are often on air for three hours a day. I filled in a couple times for talk show hosts. I filled in for Michael Medved once. Three hours, three hours a day. I filled in for Mike Gallagher once. Three hours of covering the daily news and trying to do it in an entertaining and engaging way. In a way that's different than somebody else and therefore makes it worthwhile to turn into your show. These guys are very talented. And Joe Rogan is exceptionally talented. I mean, the guy has more listeners, more followers, more subscribers. He's influencing more people on a daily basis than CNN by tenfold. People are listening to this guy, and you'd think the mainstream media would want to ask itself an honest question. Why? Why are people listening to Joe Rogan more than tenfold, more than tenfold more than they are the mainstream media, CNN, ABC, NSNBC, etc. There's a reason for it. The reason is, in my view, very simple. People think that they're getting information from Joe Rogan that they wouldn't get elsewhere. Information that's valuable, not just propaganda and, and hype. No, that's not why Joe Rogan is, is who he is. Joe Rogan is sharing some, some information, some, some truths, some possibilities. He's asking some questions that nobody else will ask. You know, this past week, I was very agitated that people were shutting down the debate. And I wrote my article for the Washington Times on this. I'm just incredibly agitated that this ongoing narrative of following the science, that it's only the progressive left that is pro-science, and that people like Joe Rogan need to be need to be deplatformed because they're daring to ask questions about COVID. I mean, this isn't... We're talking about a virus. We're talking about an airborne pathogen. We're talking about people getting sick. We're not talking about 
compare competing worldviews. We're not talking about syncretism versus theism. We're not talking about Buddhism versus Christianity. We're not talking about the deeper issues of life. At least you wouldn't think that that's what we're talking about. You would think we could have a rational discussion on a bug, a virus, a sickness, and what we should be doing about it to avoid getting that bug, virus, and sickness, and what things work and what things don't work. You would think we would be able to do that in today's, in today's media. But no, you can't, because these people have poisoned the well so deeply, so deeply that they now feel that they can silence anybody who even questions the efficacy of the mRNA injections, for example. Or someone who says, you know, the research I did on ivermectin was positive, and therefore I tried it when I, when I got COVID, and I'm telling you, my personal experience is that it worked, it helped. And therefore, I think it should be more uh, widely discussed. We should have a more open and civil debate about the various different preventative measures, uh, prophylactics that we could use and maybe should use when it comes to this particular illness. We should release doctors to prescribe medications that they think in their field of study, in their personal experiences, in their private practices, that, that they think sh would be most helpful to their patients. This is what Joe Rogan is saying, and it seems like just yesterday that would have been an assumed, duh, duh. Well, of course, that's what doctors should do. I don't want my doctor being constrained any other way. I don't want somebody else, surely don't want the gods of social media telling my doctor what he can and cannot read and what he can and cannot talk about and what he can and cannot share with regard to his personal experience, his research, and I don't want the consequences of that type of censorship, that Third Reich censorship, that 1933-type censorship or cultural revolution of Mao's Red China censorship to take precedence and to somehow trump a free and open exchange of ideas, especially in the medical profession, because if that happens, it's going to kill people. But you know what's going on right now. Talking like this gets you silenced. I've been, I've been fact-checked a couple different times on Facebook. One of the first times I was shut down was that article of mine that I wrote that I've talked about that was going viral. It was trending in the, in the daily news feed, and it was on the issue of natural immunity. They, they shadow banned it. This should, this should cause you to be furious. They shadow banned an article on natural immunity. And when I say they, I don't think it was a bunch of medical doctors that shadow banned it. It was someone in the social media world. And I've facetiously suggested that it's somebody with a nose ring and purple hair and a tattoo across their neck or across the side of their face or wherever they put their ridiculous deforming marks some 24-year-old fact-checker who just yesterday was whining and complaining about safe spaces at Berkeley or Brown is in some small cubicle at Facebook now or Twitter fact-checking, shadow-banning, silencing, book-burning, 
Simple conversations about natural immunity. Incredible. Anyway, if I keep rambling, we won't have time to talk about this. This uh, story about Jordan Peterson. He goes on the Joe Rogan show and he talks about the Bible. So let me share a little bit of it. I'm picking it up from Billy Hollowell's version of this. He writes for Faithwire. The headline that he uses for his story is this. Famed psychologist Jordan Peterson tells Joe Rogan why the Bible is, quote, listen to the quote, way more true than just true. One more time, way more true than just true. If you want to read this version of the story, go to Billy Hollowell, H-A-L-L-O-W-E-L-L, for Faithwire. Famed psychologist Jordan Peterson tells Joe Rogan why the Bible is way more true than just true. Now, as the story is reported, you know who Jordan Peterson is. I assume everybody listening right now does, but if there's one or two people, if there are one or two people out there that don't know who Jordan Peterson is, he's the guy that rose to fame because he was a professor at the University of Toronto, and they issued um, a new speech code. This was five, six years ago at the University of Toronto where they had to start using preferred pronouns there. And Jordan Peterson responded and said, and this is his quote, uh, this is Jordan Peterson's quote, hell no, unquote, he said. And then he went on to to say why. He said, my specialty, one of my specialties in my scholarship is, is totalitarian regimes and how they communicate and how they control people by the control of language, the control of ideas. He said, I am not, as a professor, at this institution, going to allow anybody to control my use of words by telling me to use pronouns that are inaccurate? The answer is blank no. I will not do that. I actually covered Jordan Peterson in my first book, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. And I covered him at a time where not everybody knew about him yet because I shared this story as one of dozens of stories of cancel culture and where it would lead if we didn't wake up and attend to it. That if you had people like Jordan Peterson, this psychologist, relatively unknown guy at the University of Toronto at the time, if you had people like him telling us, screaming at us, telling us that this is going to be a problem, they're trying to control our language. They're telling us that we have to lie, that we have to use words and twist them and use them in a way that's manipulative and deceptive. And a lot of my colleagues are succumbing to this demand. I will not succumb. And I... I, by virtue of my protest and telling the world that we need to stand up and say, heck no, we won't do this. Well, Jordan Peterson stood relatively alone and his star rose. He is now internationally acclaimed. He's very bright. He's, he's very articulate. And he speaks on a variety of different issues in a very intriguing way. Now, to my knowledge, Jordan Peterson does not claim to be a born-again Christian, an evangelical believer. I, I'm not aware that he has announced any direct conversion to orthodox faith. But he is getting awfully close if he hasn't made that announcement. As this story goes, famed psychologist Jordan Peterson spoke out about the importance of the Bible as the centerpiece of ideas, noting that it was essentially the first book, quote-unquote, the first book, and that it served as the basis on which other cultural knowledge was built. That's what this story by Billy Hollowell says. But here's the direct quote. Now, in many ways, 
the first book was the Bible, says Jordan Peterson. For a while, literally, there was only one book. Peterson told this to Joe Rogan on his more than popular, I mean, the most popular podcast in the world is Joe Rogan. That is a true. That's that's a truth. That's that is true. That's not hyperbole. Joe Rogan's podcast is the most popular podcast in the world. I'm going to say what Jordan Peterson said on that show again. In many ways, the first book was the Bible. For a while, literally, it was the only book. And then he goes on, Peterson goes on and tells Rogan this, tells the world this as he shares it on Rogan's show. Before it was the Bible, it was scrolls, writings on papyrus. Now, Peterson goes on and he says this. He says, other books were birthed from the Bible, which he described as a robust collection of texts. That's true. You know, the the Bible is 66 different books, Old Testament and New Testament, spanning over 3,000 years of time. You've got all these various different authors writing from various different times and places and cultures using three different languages. You've got Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. The Bible is written in all of these different cultures at all of these different times by all of these different authors in all of these different languages, and it's collected, compiled, and maintained and preserved and protected over 3,000 years, and we have it under one cover as one book. And for centuries, it was the book, the one book that influenced all other books. And Peterson's argument is this, that the Bible actually made it possible for other books to be written. All of those books, in some sense, emerged out of the that underlying book, says Peterson, and that book itself, that underlying book, the Bible, isn't a book. It's a library. It's a collection of books, he says. Now, listen to where he's going with this. So he's, he's trying to describe his understanding of what the Bible is, and I would agree with much, if not everything, that he just said. But he then argued that the Bible is a text upon which other texts depend. Absolutely, spot on. I applaud him for saying that. This essentially means that Scripture occupies a special place in displaying, setting, and perpetuating truth. It isn't that the Bible is true. It's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth. Now, at the front end of that quote, I'm, I, I, if I didn't read the rest of it, if that would have been cherry-picked and taken out of context, I would have had concerns because I would have said, you're so close, you have acknowledged the influence that the Bible has had on culture, on all other literature, and that it is the book of all books. As John Wesley said, he was a man of one book. That's his quote. Well, it appears that Jordan Peterson is acknowledging that he's a man of one book also, that the Bible is the book, the book that preceded all other books, and upon this book, all other books are built. It sets the context, the underlying premise for literature, for writing, for knowledge, Again, this is not a Christian conversation between Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, per se. It's an honest one. Are they going to fact check them right now? Are they going to tell them that you can't say that about the Bible? I don't know. I don't know. They might. They might. Even though the people fact checking Jordan Peterson don't have half the knowledge of what he's talking about, the veracity, the importance, the influence of the Bible is 
they don't have half the knowledge that Jordan Peterson has. And frankly, they don't have to have they don't have half the knowledge that Joe Rogan has if Joe Rogan listened, and I think he did. So anyway, back to Peterson. He says, this essentially means that scripture, the Bible, occupies a special place in displaying, setting, and perpetuating truth. He says this, he says, it isn't that the Bible is true. Now, what's he mean by that? I want to, I want to know, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying? That the Bible isn't true? But listen what he says next. It's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth, which makes it way more true than just true. And then he says, it's a whole different kind of true. I think this is not only literally the case, factually. Now, there he seems to be saying that he, that he thinks the Bible is literally the case, literally true and factually true. He says this, I think this is not only literally the case and factually, I think it can't be any other way. It's the only way we can solve the problems of perception. Close, close quote. So the Bible is way more true than just true. It, it's a whole different kind of truth, he says. It's not just literally or factually, which seems to imply that he thinks it is literally and factually true, which I would agree with. And I hope you do too. I think it, can, it can't be any other way, Peterson says. The only way that we can solve the problem of perception is with the Bible. This is a fascinating position. He, he's, he's vindicating the accuracy of the Bible. Uh, one of the things I've talked about over and over again on this show is what I've called the four pillars. In, in the fact that this is a show that acknowledges over 400 episodes of the rebellion, let's go back and review those four pillars. The primacy of Jesus Christ, the priority of scripture, the pursuit of truth, and the practice of wisdom. Now, Peterson is acknowledging two of those four pillars in his comments. Again, the four that I would argue are a worldview that, that, that is superior and that history, reason, experience, and revelation have proven history has proven the veracity of Christ, scripture, truth, and wisdom. Reason, your ability to think and ask good questions and not be foreclosed and not be silenced and not be, not be shut down. Your, your ability to reason openly in the, in the market square of ideas where you can ask good questions and hopefully pursue what's right and wrong and just and unjust and and figure out what you should do in your life because you can tell the difference between black and white and good and evil. That's a rational process. Again, animals can't do that. They have no cognitive awareness. They have no moral culpability because they don't have that rational capacity. So history has proven Christ, Scripture, truth, wisdom. Reason has proven Christ, Scripture, truth, wisdom. Our experience, when we look at what's happening around us and we see the brokenness of humanity, the brokenness of our culture, the, the brokenness of other worldviews like communism and socialism and fascism, when we see that these other worldviews lead to bad places where people are not free, we have to conclude that history, reason, and experience validates the veracity of Christ, Scripture, truth, and wisdom. And finally, the fourth component of the quadlateral, 
that I've talked about over and over on this show. History, reason, experience, and what? Revelation. Revelation with a capital R. That measuring rod of those things being measured, it's Scripture. So Scripture itself confirms Scripture. You might say that that's a fallacy, but not necessarily. If you, if you talk about it in the context of, of, of what we know to be true, that you, you've got to have some sort of yardstick, a yardstick that has been set with, with objective standards so that you can actually measure what it is that the object that's outside of that measuring rod. So I know this is a repeat, but again, we're, we're talking about over 400 shows, and we're talking about a story of Jordan Peterson acknowledging everything we've been saying on the rebellion for the last, for the last year or more, that in times of universal deceit, and we surely live in those times, we live in times when they're trying to tell you that a male is a female and a female is a male. We live in times where they're telling you that biological men can swim against women in NCAA intercollegiate sports and that there's nothing wrong with that, that that is, that is compliant, that is a celebration, that is completely within the boundaries of Title IX, which is a law that supposedly protects women, pr- protects women from, from these types of misogynistic intrusions into their private lives. We live in days where they're telling us that a man can use a woman's bathroom and that we shouldn't raise our hand and say, wait a second, this is, this is wrong. You can't be a feminist and, and hold that view. We live in times where we literally let people blackface women by dressing up in exaggerating costume, exaggerated costume and, and makeup and pretend they're something they're not. We're dumbing down the definition of innocence by suggesting that children have the capacity to make decisions to mutilate their bodies through transgenderism. And then we're completely ignoring the fact that if we go there and that they have the they have the uh, maturity to make that decision, then sooner or later, and it's going to be sooner rather than later, somebody's going to start arguing that they have the capacity to make the decision to engage in sexual activity too, and therefore the age of innocence has disappeared, and we're, we're, now, we're now into the world of pederasty and pedophilia. There's so much to talk about here, but the point in bringing up Jordan Peterson in the Joe Rogan show is that Jordan Peterson just validated the veracity of Scripture. He just told us that he believes the Bible is more true than true. He just told us that there has to be a measuring rod outside of those things being measured. He just said that in times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left because it's the only thing you can do against this massive deception. He just validated that the letter from Birmingham jail, we're celebrating Black History Month right now, it would have been impossible without the moral law of God and that and that Martin Luther King Jr. said that. Everything we've been talking about on the rebellion is grounded in this assumption of Jordan Peterson's. And that is that the Bible is the first book, the only book. It is the measuring rod. It set the context for culture and for morality, for ethics and goodness. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing today without the Bible. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.